Have you ever considered that there is a company out there that will deliver your goods from overseas straight to store shelves. Well, join me in my episode last week as I speak to the CEO of Axis International because that is exactly what they do. So go and check out that episode. It's at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 68. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes-Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. This episode is brought to you by IANA. IANA represents the intermodal freight transportation industry. Every year they put on a massive event, Intermodal Expo, where the stakeholders, decision makers, and influencers of the intermodal supply chain gather. Expo is the place to be to make connections and advance your business. Expo will be held in Long Beach, California, September 15th through 18th, and I'll be attending and hope to see you there. Register online today at intermodalexpo.com. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. I just wrapped an episode with Supply Chain Now Radio and if you know me, you know that I love collaborating and it was great to do an episode recently with Scott and his team over there. Um, Plus last week, episode two of the Trade Squad released and we had such a great time. We tackled topics like attracting new talent to supply chain, what's wrong with supply chain conferences, human capital, you know, how do we retain hiring freelancers versus employees, gender diversity, and so, so much more. AJ Jaden, who is just starting his career in supply chain, joins us as our guest, and I promise alcohol was not used in the making of this episode. Today, Hugo, co-founder and partner of the Owl Solutions, is going to share their proven process of changing supply chains. But first, let's get to Listener's Corner. So the question of the week was, what what would you say to the next generation to get them excited about supply chain? So Ellen Voix from Woman in Trucking, she emailed me and said, Sarah, at Woman in Trucking, we're reaching the next generation through our supply chain activity book, our Girl Scout transportation patch, and our truck driver doll. Don't worry, we're on it. I will have the links to all three of those over on letstalksupplychain.com forward slash listener dash corner. Over on Instagram, G5OSO, I would tell them it's the bread and butter of our society and world. That's a good one. Over on LinkedIn, the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page, I generally refer to my work as global trade. I've also said international shipping, global procurement, global sourcing. Thank you, Audrey Ross. And Riyadh Bin S. S-Hack says, interesting topic. I agree that the term is overused because when I asked this question, I said, is supply chain the word overused? And it has become confusing for the new generations. Engineering linked with supply chain management, IT, and so on. We need to simplify it for them and cannot wait for the episode of the Trade Squad where we talk about this. 
And then lastly, over on LinkedIn, Laura Pullins. This is a great topic. How about breaking this up into segments, smaller chunks to consider and discuss? Are you interested in being a service provider or would you be interested in being a user? What type of interest industry is interesting? What are the specific supply chain challenges that they would be solving for that industry? And for more information about that from Laura, go and check out Listener's Corner at Let's Talk Supply Chain. And lastly, John Tessie, what other career gives you the chance to play with drones, robots, and data? On that note, I think that that is a great ending to that question of the week. Thank you to everybody who weighed in over on all of the social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and make sure to join me every single Wednesday as as I ask a question, we get the conversation started. And if you have a supply chain question, remember to send it to me at listener at letstalksupplychain.com. Now let's get to today's episode because I'm sure some of you have been waiting for a company like the Owl Solutions who can help you identify pain points and execute on a process that will move you forward faster, more efficiently, and help your teams to focus on the execution. Let's learn a little bit more about Hugo before we get into the episode. So Hugo Fuentes Diaz, he is the co-founder and partner of the Owl Solutions, Inc. He has done a lot in his career, including sales and operations planning, process design, demand planning, supply chain performance metrics, network design, inventory management, support supply cycle time optimization, and some of his project experiences include development of SOP pro- process, managed optimization of a hub and spoke logistics network, created supply chain transformation process for inbound transport, managed multi-million dollar negotiations across several countries and supply chains, implemented supply chain organizations from the ground up, and managed implementation of various supply chain software platforms. So welcome to the show, Hugo. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share our story uh, with your uh, your audience. Yeah, absolutely. I went to school, I went to high school actually out west in White Rock to be exact. So I'm always glad to have a fellow Canadian on the show and somebody from out west. How are you liking Vancouver? Pretty much, pretty much. It's a very nice area here and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm liking Canada in general. So pretty, pretty good. Great, great. So let's talk about the story behind the brand. Can you start by telling me the story um, behind the brand? How did you come up with the Owl Solutions? Absolutely. So, so the Owl Solutions is the, is the answer to you know a fundamental question that my business partner and I had for a long time. So we both came from uh, from the business side of things, working as uh, practitioners in supply chain. So uh, personally, I've had the opportunity to work for, you know, large and mid-sized organizations and, and in different countries and lead in different processes such as demand planning, procurement, inventory management, warehousing, logistics, etc. And one common pitfall that I saw across all these different organizations is the that unfortunately they do a poor job in getting the maximum value out of their talented, skilled uh, pool of people. Right. So, yeah, and, and in my observation, this happens uh, because everyone is so overloaded with emails, meetings, mm-hmm. uh, low or non-value added activities that people have barely no time to think. Right. 
And uh, so, so how do you expect people to bring innovative, solu innovative solutions to day-to-day -day supply chain problems if, if they have no time to think? Mm -hmm. so, so, so based on what, what I've researched so far, I think it's quite fair to say that every organization has at least one person, sometimes you know, multiple people, in roles that involve uh, data analysis. And, and, and these individuals spend like probably between 70 to 80% of their time in activities like data gathering from legacy systems, data crunching, spreadsheets, mm -hmm. figuring out, you know, what are the right metrics that they, they should utilize to measure their supply chain performance, etc. So, and which is, which is uh, you know, and especially over the last decades, organizations have made, you know, huge investments in backbone transactional systems such as you know well ERPs and, and all that mm -hmm. stuff but the reality is that the average company ends up with a bunch of analysts pulling data from the systems and working in Excel right? yeah doing it manually <laughs> and, and don't take me wrong I mean Excel is a great tool actually one of my my favorites but you know however Excel was not conceived as a business intelligence or a visualization tool, uh, as simple right. as that. Yeah. So, so and, if, and if you think about it, you know, only between 20 to 30% of people's time is left to do something that truly creates value for organization, which is, mm -hmm. you know, which is a real shame, I could say, right? right. So, and, and let me tell you why. So I think it, it, another thing, so it's, it is really well documented and, and you can Google it if you wish, right? So that supply chain professionals are in high demand right now. So mm -hmm. globally, almost no matter in which country you are, there's a global shortage of supply chain people with the mm -hmm. right skills and profiles to right. so do the job, right? So, so, so basically, what you know, what uh, what we have done here, and, and this is where the owl solutions come into play. So my business partner and I decided to take action and develop some very practical tools that we think really help companies to achieve more and turn non-value added ratio the other way around. So which means getting people now to spend 70 to 80% of their time to think, analyze the performance, gather insights and prescribe solutions for moving their supply chain forward. No, no more heavy data crunching. Right, mm -hmm. so uh, and that's what that's what the Owl solution is all about. So empowering supply chain professionals with tools for making better uh, business decisions. So now, if you ask me about the Owl solutions name itself, I was just well, about to ask you that. How <laughs> did you come up with that? Where did Owl come from? Yeah, that's 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 also a good question. So we truly believe in the power of uh, visualization. So I think the easier, the smoother the process of visualizing your performance metric is, uh, the higher the chance to be successful moving your supply chain forward. So, and that's our mantra uh, as, as a company. So to the famous, to the famous Peter Drucker quote, right? What gets measured gets managed. I think yeah. we, have, we have added, you know, what gets measured and visualized gets managed. So, so the owl is a reflection of that. So a wise bird, that can see in the dark, capable of well, turning his head, you know, 270 degrees for an extended view. And I think it's a great analogy about what we do. That is a great analogy. And you really put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> we, we, we give it a thought for sure. 
for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So, um, you know, I, t- I did a little bit of research on you guys and um, something that came up uh, a lot was cross-functional metrics. Can you explain a little bit of what that means? What is cross-functional metrics and why is it important to supply chain? Yeah, that's, I think that's a great question. So, so coming back to my analogy about, you know, the owl's, you know, ability to rotate their neck, right, or their head 270 degrees, I think supply chain is all about creating that integrated, extended view of the organization business processes. So, and, and in my view, one of the most challenging things in any organization is to break down internal functional silos. And I think right. this goes. And I think this goes back to even even early ages, right? And and human behavior. I think mm-hmm. I think our brains. I think our brains have have been trained to think vertically rather than horizontally, right? So so let me explain a little bit more. So most of the people get specialized in a certain process or function, which is which is great for for some purposes, but you know also makes things more difficult when it comes to connecting the dots from uh, beginning to end in a process. So uh, so in my opinion, this is why we feel more comfortable with vertical rather than horizontal thinking, right? Mm. So now, yeah. from a supply chain management standpoint, I think we need to retrain our brain to think more horizontally. And this is, you know, key for achieving uh, process success. Now, when it comes to cross-functional metrics, and for the same reason I explained before, I think a great way to break down internal silos is to change that vertical thinking approach uh, by implementing performance metrics that look at the entire picture. So Mm -hmm. I've seen organizations dramatically changing their business performance by setting one or two cross-functional metrics touching everyone in the organization, such as, for instance, you know, uh, customer service levels, uh, mm-hmm. inventory returns, or cost to serve, as an example. Um, so, and you know, supply chain is a dynamic system. So, in fact, optimizing every step in the supply chain does not guarantee achieving, you know, an optimized result as a whole. So, in in, in my opinion, understanding the principle, this principle is key for implementing those uh, successful business processes. Yeah, and I, what you and I were both at the SCMA conference last week, and I'm just pulling it up here because I think it was Ramesh from Walmart. He was talking about this as well. Instead of, instead of, it said in the past we have optimized vertically, but whoever optimizes supply chain horizontally, end to end, will win the race. Absolutely, and I, I totally endorse and I agree with that statement from the Walmart executive. I think that's hundred percent true. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that you know you're going along a similar path that some of the larger enterprise organizations are taking a look at and bringing into their supply chain. Um, so let's talk about maybe some of the pain points that you see. What what are some of the pain points that you see regularly? What are customers coming to you? with and saying, I need help, you know, what does that look like? I, th- I think in general, some of the most uh, common business pain pains, right, that we see in, in organizations are the consequence of any of, you know, three things. Uh, number one is lack of understanding about business performance. Uh, number two is lack of flexibility to adapt to, to changes in the business environment. And number three, lack of agility to adapt to those uh, changes in the marketplace. So, and if you think about it, I mean, all of them are internal capabilities, 
right? So none of them are things that our organization cannot have a reasonable degree of control, but still they create a lot of uh, unintended, you know, negative consequences in the business. Now, in particular, let's talk about the first one, which is lack of understanding about the business performance. So we often see organizations struggling to get a good handle on the what and why questions. Right, so with, with the implementation of multiple transactional systems, many times not integrated within a well a well designed system architecture, it becomes very hard for organizations to create uh, one single version of the truth, right? An accurate version of their business performance. So, and with incremental data flows, you know, flowing through the organization, including interaction with suppliers and customers' data, uh, answering answering this, what happened? And why did it happen? Questions have, have become, you know, harder than ever, which is which is kind of ironic, right? Because, you know, we may think this should have gone the other way around. With more data available, it should be easier to get answers to business questions. However, you know, the average company faces some level of data challenges, such as, you know, lack of proper data governance, uh, data protocols, data management strategies. You know, so those are fundamental flaws for truly understanding business performance and, and, and become barriers for companies to evolve into more advanced tools, such as, you know, and we were both in, in, in the conference, you know, and in Montreal, and uh, a lot of people talking about, you know, uh, prescriptive analytics or predictive analytics uh, using tools mm -hmm. like machine learning and AI models and all of that, which is great. And, and I think we're all moving that direction. But mm -hmm. the thing is that, uh, if, if we don't have the ability to uh, plug, you know, to those models, the right data, right, clean mm -hmm. and data, uh, so those models not, are not going to really work in, in, in the reality, right? So, yeah. so this is why, yeah, so this is why at the OWL, at the OWL solutions, we, we recommend go businesses going step by step. So mm -hmm. first of all, developing a better understanding about their business performance. Uh, I think that's a journey. It's not a, it's not a destination itself. And it starts by setting, you know, the right foundations in place. I mean, today, I mean, I think, I think you would agree with that. So data is basically a business asset, right? So, so preserving the quality of the data is key. Well, so, and it's the foundation, right? It's the foundation. I think, I think that, you know, we talk about data a lot. Um, but what I'm finding in similar instances is that data is the foundation pretty much to everything that you want to do in your business. All the technology that you want to implement, um, all of the business decisions that you want to make, all of the predictive analytics you want to do, all the risk mitigation. Um, so I think it's important to really point that out because we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We want to make sure that our data house is in order. Um, so that we lay that down as the foundation and can build the, the bricks on top of it. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, we think that this is a, a journey, as I mentioned before. So an organization that is currently operating primarily in, in Excel or, you know, pulling data from their transactional systems, systems and working in Excel. Um, so I think the next step is to visualize uh, in an easy way, right, their performance, utilizing mm -hmm. certain tools, and then when you have, you know, uh, improved your fundamental processes and your data quality, then probably you can move to the next step, which is more uh, on the predictive and prescriptive side of things. Yeah, and I it brings me to the next question, because you, you also talk a lot about focus and execution, which I also think is 
really key because with so much coming at us, you know, we're overwhelmed with information. We're overwhelmed with, you know, different um, companies that we can work with, new innovation, new technology, that kind of thing. But I think what the way you talk about focus and uh, execution is really, really crucial and key because we've got to focus on one and then move on to the other. This is a journey. This is not something, you know, this is not a race. You know, well, it kind of is a race because, I mean, you have to adapt quickly in the changing environment. But so can you talk a little bit about how you empower teams to focus and execute? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's another great question. So I think in my view, in general, great ideas are, are great, but, you know, they're useless without, you know, execution. So. Mm-hmm. So I used to say to my, well, the people that I work with in the past, you know, that nice PowerPoints and spreadsheets allow you to design and promise almost everything you want, right? However, execution is the thing that really makes your business succeed or fail. That's, uh, it's as simple as that. So, uh, so, so how do we empower people and teams to focus and execute? I think back to one of my earlier comments. So uh, as leaders in our organization, I think we bear the responsibility to utilize resources efficiently and effectively. So therefore, a great contribution to this goal is to create conditions for our people to add value to the organization, to their uh, full potential. So and and this touches, you know, the the OWL mission statement at its core, right? Because what we want to do is actually empower people and supply chain professionals to make better business decisions utilizing, you know, technology. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, um, by doing so, uh, we're, d- we're developing tools to make them more effective and efficient. So, giving, giving them time to think, eliminating, you know, these non-value-added activities like, you know, data crunching or creating their own spreadsheets uh, and supporting their decision-making process with concrete solutions. I, I would say that, you know, enabling the people with better tools uh, that allow them to easily visualize their performance in the supply chain is a great way to uh, empower people, uh, get peoples and teams to focus and execute. Yeah, and you're giving them the time back, I would imagine, right? Because I was just actually listening to um, an audio book and they were talking about focus and focus is different from dif- for different people. Right. Some people need white noise in the background. Some people really need to sit in a quiet room to be able to focus. And because things are so busy, right, and we've got so many different things that we have to do on a daily basis, we really need to be able to give that time back to our teams um, to be able to focus so that we can make the right decisions and execute on the things that are really going to empower the teams and make the business better. Absolutely. That's crucial. So then um, why don't you paint us a picture? Can you give us a real life example of how you have helped a customer? Like, what does that look like? Do you, you know, you you talk to a customer, you uh, go in and you, you analyze things, you know, then what do you do? What does that look like? Paint the picture for the customers or potential customers that are listening to the show. Sure. So, so there's 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 a few examples that I, I could think of. Uh, however, I think I, I'll comment in one that really makes you know uh, kind of feel proud about how the company evolved their supply chain capabilities by by using our service. So, this is a mid to large size organization which uh, with operations in, in multiple locations in North America. Uh, they manufacture uh, industrial products for customers globally. 
So they've been in business for quite a long time and they operate a top tier, I would say a top tier ERP system, which you know was implemented around a decade ago. So when we first came in, they were really concerned about their inventory levels. So they had a bunch of analysts pulling data from the ERP and manually connecting data from other systems, such as you know the warehouse management system and uh, the proof of delivery data from uh, uh, from various carriers, etc. So, so all that work was done outside of the ERP and mainly in spreadsheets. So, despite all the effort their people put into action, so they were not able to understand quickly and effectively which products, which distribution centers, in which business units they were underperforming. So so you got to remember, I mean, supply chain are, supply chains in general are dynamic systems. Therefore, you know, visibility about inventory levels, excess and obsolete risks, uh, products facing potential service disruptions uh, due, to, due to low safety stocks, etc., are things that change every day and, and therefore creating an effective way to visualize them is, is key for taking actions. So, so I think we believe that at the hour we believe that this visibility is an absolute must if you want to get customers happy as well as internal stakeholders asking less questions about why you're holding so much working capital, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. So and, and the trick here I think is, is is providing I mean some solutions that everyone can understand in the organization. So key performance indicators for the top management that you also have the capability to drill down to product and even order level for a entire uh, holistic understanding about your situation. So in particular, this company decided to implement our inventory management dashboards. So after some weeks of uh, really getting familiar with our tools, uh, we recommend them to share this exciting you know, improvements with, with pretty much everyone that visited the facility in that company. So they decided- wow, that's great. And they decided to install a monitor, right, a screen, a monitor hanging, you know, on the wall, uh, right next to where their supply and inventory people uh, sits, and uh, and that monitor was connected to a laptop, and they started to provide a dynamic view of their inventory metrics. So, the amazing thing here is that after a few months, after getting you know their people to visualize the performance, having you know team discussions about it, right, performing root root cause analysis and, uh, and, in, and corrective actions, they were able to improve inventory returns significantly. But and, and if you think about it, I mean, we didn't implement any fancy algorithm, nor, you know, advanced optimization tool, nothing. So it was super simple. So, but it's the power of visualization. And, uh, and and that's truly unbelievable, right? So, and they decided to move forward with another module from the Owl. Uh, mm-hmm. In this case, you know the customer service visualization. So, so we have different modules for every steps in every step in the supply chain. So, and this was you know an example of. I think this is an example that probably is applicable for for many 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 companies in different geographies and industries. I mean, there's there's a need out there for quick, reliable, and cost-effective access to uh, visual solutions, you know? Absolutely, yeah, no, that was a great example. So, and I, I know you spoke a little bit about the results in that particular instance, but can you tell us about results overall that your customers are seeing and what that's really doing for their business? Like, what is the ROI? What's the impact to what they can expect from working with you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so similar to previous examples, our, our customers in general are seeing uh, multiple positive impacts in, in their supply chain performance. Our, uh, one of the good things about our solution is that we cover pretty much you know, the entire plan, make, source, deliver, and return uh, spectrum in the supply chain. So we have developed dashboards with the pre-built metrics for every process step in the supply chain. So, so we got we got some examples and customers improving, for instance, their their supply suppliers' delivery performance by more than twenty points, just simply simply because you are now measuring uh, actively how your suppliers are delivering material to you, right? Um, mm-hmm. Customers improving their demand planning and forecasting performance. Since now they have, I mean, their demand planners are given, you know, better tools to to rather focus on the business uh, instead of, you know, uh, working in spreadsheets, right? So customers, for instance, the right size in their inventory levels and reducing reducing the expiry. Uh, customers achieving a better balance between service level and working capital. Uh, and also an, an interesting thing, one, one customer particularly, you know, that started, you know, implementing CPFR. Uh, CPFR, this collaborative planning, forecasting, and replenishment strategy with some of their uh, retailer partners, and uh, and now utilizing our, our our platform and one of our modules. I mean, of course, they can facilitate those discussions because now they have the same metrics with their retail customers. So great. Uh, and and finally, I think, and also super important is is the fact that customers are saving a lot of unproductive hours. I'm empowering their people to think and make uh, better decisions. Absolutely. I love that. So now let's get into the future. Why don't you talk about the future of OWL? What's next for you guys? Yeah. So so as, as I explained early, you know, in, in, in our talk, so the OWL was born by supply chain practitioners looking for looking for answers. To their day-to-day challenges, so, and, and we happen to provide technology solutions because we believe in the power of data, and that having the right tools in place, you know, allow companies of all sizes uh, to significantly improve their their business performance. Now, we want to really become a partner of choice in the supply chain data analytics space. So our goal as a company is to walk along with companies in their evolution towards becoming true data-driven organizations. So as such, I think one of the things that really excite us is to support organizations to transform their culture. So how people behave and make decisions, right? So I think we are, at this point, I think we are well positioned to help business to extract value from their transactional data, starting with uh, powerful visualizations and and, and evolving towards the adoption of, of, of advanced analytics in the scope of predictive and prescriptive models, so leveraging you know IoT and AI in the future. So, but as I explained before, I think we believe this is a journey, and therefore you know we want to add value all along the way, step by step. So from from data quality first to data insights uh, in the future. Great, great. So, have you identified your pain points in supply chain, or maybe you have? some of the similar ones that Hugo mentioned today. Either way, you now know how Hugo and his team at OWL can help 
you in your business. You can visit them at theowlsolutions.com. Plus, I will have all the important points from the episode and ways to contact Hugo at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 69. Thank you so much, Hugo, for joining me today. Thank you, Sarah. It's been great talking to you and thank you for having me and cheers to you and your audience. Thank you. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has created a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce shopping cart, like Shopify, Magento, eBay, and others allowing you ease and peace of mind when selling to customers in North America. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from your door to theirs in real time. We're the first API-based custom solution. Just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com forward slash let's talk supply chain. If you liked this episode, please go to my new website. It's still at letstalksupplychain.com, but super easy to navigate and take a look at past episodes. So you'll find it on the podcast page, top right-hand corner of the homepage, and you'll be able to find all the past episodes. Next week, get ready as we roll into a new month and into a new Woman in Supply Chain episode sponsored by Halft. I sit down with Kathy Fulton of Allen Aid, and we talk about disaster relief, her journey to success, what motivates her, and so, so much more. Subscribe to the newsletter to get the scoop on all the new episodes, new blogs out every Thursday, and everything happening at the SC Supply Chain TV so that you don't miss out. And if you like what you hear on the show, please rate and review the show so other people can find us, and I'll feature your review on an upcoming episode. Follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for the questions of the week and all the new releases. Remember to check out ships.com, that's S-H-I-P-Z.com, Fill in your information so you'll be one of the first to know once we are ready to launch the beta and tell you what we've been working on. Lastly, check out the Supply Chain Dictionary at letstalksupplychain.com under shop. It's 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions that you're going to need to help you navigate your supply chain journey. Thank you so much once again for joining me. And remember, everybody, ship happens.